all mine? Yes. All right. Hello, I'm Samuel. I'm an alcoholic. Um, this kind of, you know, jumped up on me. I didn't realize I was going to speak tonight. Um, but I like to show up for, you know, you guys, and it helps me as well. Um, that's what it's all about is showing up and being um, dependable um, to help another alcoholic um, or heroin addict, whatever your poison is. Um, so, 25 minutes, huh? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I've never done one for that long, so just bear with me. Um, let's see. Well, basically... Um, I know as a young boy, um, I remember always, um, you know, I'm sure, sure you've heard this a lot where you, I felt like, um, like I just didn't fit in, you know, just, just didn't. And I, I seemed like I was a good kid and I was a, you know, had, had a lot of energy and was fun, but I just never seemed to feel like connected with anybody growing up. And, um, over time, you know, it started to, I guess, wear me out on the inside. Um, in middle school, I dabbled with drinking a little bit and stuff like that. Um, I think the first time I drank was like sixth grade or something. Um, <clears throat> I'd only drink like one or one and a half and then was at a party and I was acting drunk. I remember that and I was like walking down the hall and I'd fall against the door and you know thought it was cool as shit it's funny I forgot about that um, <clears throat> but really it's eighth grade so at this time I had had the social anxiety was out of this world like I just going to school was a nightmare for me um, being around a lot of people around when my big, my, all my family was around, you know, it was always just this anxiousness, this pressure, this, um, I just never felt comfortable. And, um, and so I had, I guess at the time, you know, growing up's hard. So we don't, we don't know who we are. We don't know what we want. We don't know how to be ourselves <clears throat> and stuff like that. And so I, I know there are some that have, um, um, trying to say mental disorders and things like that. I don't think I did. I just think that I was young and lost. And, um, but I was always crying and always sad and, you know, going to my parents and everyone hates me. And, and so they thought, okay, well, let's bring him to the psychologist, you know? Okay. So I go to this, uh, or psychiatrist, go to the psychiatrist and start talking to him. Tell him I got social anxiety and this and that. <laughs> and after I left there, of course, what does he give me? Xanax. I'm in eighth grade, right? I look back and I'm like, why would you give an eighth grader? Um, a Christian uh, psychiatrist said that, right? But I don't know. So he gave me, gave me Xanax. And um, I literally just remember when I took that first one. I was literally like, oh my God, the world slowed down. The, the people around me I could connect with. And I just felt like this 
this peace, right? Or so I thought. Um, and that's where it really started. Um, and I remember I would get like, I'd mail in the script. So you get three months. And, uh, and I would be, within a few months, I was out in the first month. And um, my dad had a cabinet full of Xanax and stuff that he never took. And so I started stealing his. And, and um, next thing you know, I'm, I'm the cool kid. I'm the only, at the time, at least where I grew up being that young years ago, not many people were taking Xanax that I knew of. And so I was like the only kid that had them. So I'd be selling them and giving them people. And I'd go to the party and I was the guy, you know, come see me. And um, got into high school and then started drinking. And, you know, it was, it was then it was like there was something wrong, but you didn't know it. I was just partying. I was getting trashed, sloshed all the time. It's like I'd go to a party and I was always the one on the side of the house. I'm from Texas, um, and you actually have a yard there. And um, <laughs> I was always on the side of the house in the grass, passed out, throwing up. You know, I'd go hide. I wouldn't go in the bathroom. I'd go like a, when a dog or something's sick and they go hide. That's what I would do. And I, I, all the time, I mean, numerous accounts of being on the side of the house in the bushes or in the grass just laying there because I was so messed up. And uh, at that time, I... I knew maybe something was wrong. I was like, ah, I'm, you know, whatever. And just keep going. It just got harder and harder and harder. And this emptiness was still inside of me. Um, I remember um, I would hang out with this group for a little bit. And then they got to know me too good. And I didn't want to show my full self to them. So then I'd hang out with this group and I'd kind of move around. <clears throat> I'd have a different group every few months. It was weird. Like... Just because I just didn't want people to know who I really was, you know. And um, there's a lot of things going on inside of me I just didn't understand. Um, <clears throat> in 11th grade, um, I remember <laughs> I was coming home from a party. And um, this guy, um, he was parked at the store. And uh, he's like, hey, check this out. I'm like, what? And... Uh, he goes, he opens his trunk and he's got stereo equipment, speakers, a bunch of head units and stuff from cars and stuff like that. Yeah, man, we've been, dude, we, <clears throat> we go and we well, don't have to break in the cars. Half of them have been open when you get in there and stuff like that. I'm like, wow. I was like, and I'd taken a bunch of bars that, that night as well as drinking. I'm like, cool, let's do it. So I went with them and for the next like two days, we went around like three different towns just going into cars just taking all their shit now i didn't even know what i was doing i'm not a professional you know i didn't we weren't even really doing it right but you know i just i wanted to fit in so bad and um <clears throat> anyway got in trouble with the law um i was uh, 16 at the time and got probation and all that stuff. And, um, anyways, <clears throat> you know, I should have got hit to that. Like that's fucked up. That's normal. People don't do that. Um, fast forward. Um, just high school was a blur. It was always 
just randomly going places. But I'd always leave there because I wanted to keep getting fucked up. Everybody would go home, and I'd find somebody out there that's still partying. And I'd go over there. Random people that, to this day, might have met them once. I'd end up passing out at their house, wake up, don't know where I'm at. <clears throat> I'm sure all of you been through that stuff. Um, and it, it always involved at some point where I was like so fucked up. I'm just like, ugh, you know, like I didn't even make it to a bed. I don't make it to a couch. I'm on the floor. I'm in the bathroom. And, um, and then get into college um, for a little while there, which is weird. Um, uh, I, I quit, I guess, on my own for a little bit, but I was still miserable. Um, I was still something in the inside that I couldn't fix. And I tried that for a while, but then end up after that, I got Adderall, you know, <clears throat> Xanax Adderall. That's like the, the, we love that, right? You know, up, down, up, down, up, down. And, um, and then, um, started doing painkillers. I took them a little bit in high school, but really started like I got into, um, I started going to plumbing school to get my journeyman license and it's really physical and uh it just made my job amazing <laughs> i mean <laughs> there was it was uh what were they laura sets or like we called them green beans and i'd bust those and go to work and just do all the stuff he'd tell me to dig a 10-foot hole got you boss got you and uh you know, it, it, for a while, my job was going good, and I was killing it, but everything just gets worse and worse and worse, and it just starts consuming you and takes more of you and takes more of you and takes more of you. Um, this dude um, that was going to plumbing school with me, <clears throat> he introduced me to cocaine, you know. Um, I went on a, a good stint with that one. And then he introduced me to meth. Um, and that one was gnarly. And the men with me, like a lot, I'm sure a lot of you are the same, but um, I took everything all the time. I always had Xanax, but I'm always taking Adderall with the painkillers and I'm smoking some meth and do a little Coke and then I'm drinking all the time, every day, all day, just like uh, taking all kinds of different stuff all the time. And, um, I did that up until I was about 20, 29. Um, it got to the point where I got my own house um, and it was a rent to own. I had, I had the setup. It had been paid for by now. I'd, I'd owned a home. Um, I moved in there um, and that's when you, you know, the painkillers start from two to four to six to eight to 10 to 12. And you're, you just keep taking more and more and more. In fact, so bad you like take them and like within 45 minutes, you're getting sick again. And, um, <clears throat> I would, um, I just, I couldn't stop. I remember trying to quit numerous times. I would, my uh, work history was horrible at this point because I'd go to work, then I'd quit. I'd miss like a week, two weeks of work. Where you been? Oh man, I horrible flu. And they're like, yeah, right. <laughs> the funny thing is about that in sobriety, just fast forward a bit. I, I went to work for a plumbing company in Orange, California, 
and I had to work in North Hollywood. I hated it, by the way. That sucks. And um, this guy they hired, I had to work with him, and he was all fucked up like that. And I, for the first time, saw me of what they were working with and what they were being around. I was like, whoa, man, I was fucked up. No wonder nobody liked me. No, no wonder nobody want to work with me or be around me. Because you're so, uh, you just, you know what I mean? It was unreal. But it's funny that I got to see that later on. Um, I dabbled, I was taking all the stuff. I, at this point, I'm, I'm, I got laid off. I'm at my house. I'm not leaving my house, you know, you know like we all do. Um, and then I remember I, I stole a bunch of pills from my dad, like a brand new 180 or something. And I was set up, you know, I was in heaven. I got my stuff. I'm good. And I, I fell asleep and I woke up and I couldn't find them. And I'm like, that's one thing I never lost. I always knew where my drugs were. I lose everything else, but I always knew where they were. And I was like, what the fuck did I do with them? Well, what happened was my mom snuck in my house and took them. And they, my parents tell me this day, they would come in my house and shake me in my bed. And I just wouldn't wake up, wasn't coherent. And they, eventually they just were like, well, he's got to, he's going to die or get sober. We can't do anything for him. Um, well, that day, once that happened, I looked around, couldn't, I found out later she did that. And I had a, like a breakdown, um, and I called my aunt and um, she, she was the only one that could be close to it and still help. Um, my family didn't know how to deal with it and wanted to sweep it under the rug and just, you know, and um, she was the one that I called her and said, I, I need help. I'm in trouble. I was crying. I was just out of my mind. Um, and she got me in a rehab in Texas. I was 29 at the time. Um, it's kind of military type style. Um, and I stayed for 30 days and I could have stayed up to three months. I was like, I think I'm gonna stay. So I stayed another month. I think I'm gonna stay. I stayed the whole time, three months there, got a job, got a sponsor and I worked one, two, and three. Huh? I'm sure y'all heard that before. One, two, and three. We didn't want to do four. Um, and about nine months after that, I went again, started uh, doing all this stuff. I, I, I left the hard drugs, but it doesn't matter. See, that's the thing, whether it's, I know this is heroin anonymous, whether it's heroin, whether it's as simple as, you know, booze. It's all the same because what it does is it controls you and it like just steals your soul in a, in a sense. You, you're, it takes everything from you. If you're in these rooms, I'm sure that all of you have been there. Um, it just takes everything from you. And uh, I, I like to say that I was in chains and I couldn't get out of them. <clears throat> and... Um, so I went to that rehab, relapsed, um, started working again, and um, did the same thing. I'm taking drugs to work. I'm high all day at work. Um, just, I, I, I was, and I was miserable. 
And the fact that I kept the job that long blows my mind, really. Um, towards, okay, so Hurricane Harvey flooded my um, parents' house. And uh, I was staying there. That's, and that's, that's another sad thing. You're so fucked up, you, you can't, you're not responsible for anything. Just living at my parents' house till I was 30, uh, shit, 37 or something like that, 36. And uh, another funny thing is I used to loaf on the couch. I wouldn't leave this patio that they built. And it was like this room that their living room's here. That patio was there. I, lived, I stayed in there. They just fucking left me in there. And uh, my dad would, my dad, that's a whole nother story too, but he's a very angry person. Um, uh, physically abusive, um, mentally and verbally as well. But he used to just flip out on me all the time. And then I was a house manager and I had to have certain guys come in and all they do was stay on the couch and I'd be working. And I was like, oh, that's why my dad was so pissed off at me. I don't like this guy, dude. Get off the fucking couch and do something. But anyway, just stuff like that you see later. Um, but um, Hurricane Harvey flooded my parents' home. We all had to move to all different places. And I moved to a house um, in another town that my brother's father-in-law, he had an uh, apartment in the back, a garage apartment, no windows, just a depressing, depressing place. And that was the, the lowest I've ever been. I, I, I would go to work, but just so fucked up. Even at work, I'd eat by myself. Like they had this big cafeteria and I'd eat by myself and then leave real quick and go sit in the truck till we had to work. Just, I was just pulling away from everything and everyone I couldn't stand. I didn't know how to deal with all that outside stuff. And I was miserable. Um, um, and then, so basically, <clears throat> um, I have a buddy that lives out here um, still to this day, I went to high school with him. Um, he had a lot of similar problems like me. Um, and I know his brother very well. And I called his brother and broke down and said, I'm having trouble. I, I don't, I don't know what to do. And he said, you ought to call my brother. And I called him and talked to him on the phone. And then next thing you know, I'm coming to Cali. Um, I got in a sober living um, in San Clemente on Monterey. Um, I started there. Um, I was there for like nine months, then moved to another one, became a house manager there, um, and then moved to another one and did house manager there. And, but during this time, I, the treatment phase, the meetings, everything, I was like, I had no ego left. I had nothing left. And it was a good thing. I had no ego left. I just did whatever anyone said. Just whatever could help me. Whatever to get me out of this broken state. Um, so I took everything serious, you know. I mean, we would go to, during treatment, we had this one day where they showed us how to plant stuff. And I forgot the technical name for when you like that, I'm sure one of you knows, but um, I forgot what it was called. Something like that. There's another word. 
Horticulture, that's the word. And I would go and I, I fucking, that's not my gig. It's not. But I would sit down and I would just do these, what I thought were ridiculous things with this girl because I just wanted to put everything into it. I wanted my life to change and I, I needed to do something different. I, um, I know some of you um, maybe have issues about God and that's, that's fine. Um, you know, it's, it's about a higher power. Um, mine is God, but it's something that you lean on outside of yourself that can, you know, help you to do this and, and work through it. Um, I, I prayed specifically for a certain sponsor and, and things that I was looking for in one. And um, two days later, the guy comes into treatment and he says exactly what I prayed for. And he also said, like, I should have went to prison many times over. I got pulled over with eight balls of Coke and, and meth and all kinds of drug dealer in this seat. They never found it, any of it. <clears throat> never, got, never got caught. But I should have went to prison. And he said the same thing. That was another thing. He was like, I should have went to prison but never actually had to. Um, and so I picked him. I asked him to be my sponsor. And I called him every day. I... Um, did what he suggested, um, even things that made me feel completely out of my comfort zone. Um, I remember one time he, it was a meeting, it was way bigger than this one. I didn't have much time sober. I don't even know how much time I had sober. And he, he was getting his seven year and he goes, here, you're leading it. I'm like, <laughs> what? You fucking nuts. No, you're leading it. All right, dude, whatever. <clears throat> And uh, that's what I needed. Someone to just do, just do it. Um, I, I remember leading that meeting. I was nervous as fuck. I'm still getting nervous, you know. It's, it's, uh, but I, I want to, I know I need to do these things. This is my sobriety is, is going outside of my comfort zone and doing things for others and, and sharing my life with others, you know, that there's, there's hope. Um, I was going to say as far as what, like I said, heroin or any of these things, whether it's a needle or simple pill or alcohol, I know we were all so miserable and unhappy and it's all the same and you can find happiness through this program. It's, it's amazing. There's no way I could sit up in front of this many people and share before I would have there's no fucking way. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't take enough drugs and I still wouldn't do it. Um, but that's what God has given me now. Um, great, great friends, a good job. Um, but more than that, my confidence back in my, um, I can feel and my heart beats again, you know, like it bleeds again. It didn't bleed before. It was just fucking cold stone. Um, but yeah, uh, the best thing was getting a sponsor. I know y'all hear it over and over. For those that are new, not sure, struggling, all I ask is just give it a shot. Prove it wrong. <clears throat> work the steps. Get a sponsor. Work the steps. Do them honestly. Be honest with yourself. A lot of people are not honest with themselves are not honest with their sponsor, they hold on to some things. If you let all that go, you, you're free. 
you're free. I don't, I don't have chains anymore at all. I am a free man. And that's because of this, this, uh, this program. Um, it's given me my life back. It's given me joy. Um, and I'm forever grateful for that. Forever grateful. Um, and that's, that's all I have. Yeah. <clears throat> Dang, I did it. 45 seconds left. Right on. That was easy. It wasn't easy. <laughs>